Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Well, if you're not standing, I'm going to ask you to stand. Oh, there we go. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. The Lord actually gave me a prophetic picture about a week and a half ago. And I wanted to share it with you. And the reason I'm asking you to stand is this. The prophetic picture in order for it to be fully released is going to require a postural change in your hearts, in your language, in your faith. And when we worship, when we pray, we often do these postural changes out of habit. We might raise our hands or perhaps kneel in surrender. We worship with our mouths. These are all powerful things, but sometimes we don't actually realise the power, spiritually, the significance of what we're doing. And so I'm asking you to stand because the picture that I got in order for it to be realised, in order for it to be activated, cannot be done sitting down. So standing is not just something that's good to do or that people sometimes want to do when we pray. When we ask you to stand, it's because there's something of spiritual significance about to be released into the atmosphere. And so if you're hungry to receive, I just encourage you to posture your heart right now to receive. Do whatever you feel is right for you to receive. If that's to look at me, then look at me and I'll look at you. If that's to shut your eyes and hear what the Spirit is saying, saying to you right now, then you do that. So about a week and a half ago, I saw a picture of a building and a roof. And on that roof, I saw four angels. And this is significant because I get prophetic pictures and dreams, but I hardly ever see angels. And so I paid attention. The angels were poised with trumpets ready. There were four angels on the roof. The angels were not standing in the corner of the roof. They were positioned around the roof, but they were all faced in a particular direction. And I was praying through this for a number of days and I was asking the Lord, Lord, what does this mean? And I felt the Lord show me and he said, draw a line between the four angels. And when I drew a line between them in my mind of what I could see, it represented a spearhead, the shape of a spearhead. And River Edge Church, the Lord is preparing you as a spearhead of revival for this region. And for this spearhead to be released, there must be a change in posture. For it to be released, you cannot be sitting down in your comfort zone. This spearhead is going to require a stretch. It is going to require a leaning back into the Lord, but also a pressing out and a release from what you encounter from Him. You are a church with, which hungers and thirsts after the Lord. Father loves that. The Holy Spirit loves that. But the word of the Lord to you tonight is that you are being prepared as a spearhead to be released a spearhead of revival and that spearhead in the same way a sword has to be forged is being forged in the fire. And this is a corporate word tonight, but it also uh, relates to a lot of you individually. So have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to you right now. 
both corporately and individually, there has been some fires. There has been some fires of forging, some fires of testing. And the Lord says tonight that these fires are not to burn you up, but they are to prepare you and to strengthen you and to anoint you. To prepare you, to strengthen you and anoint you. While the Lord has been forging you, you have not always understood the forging process. And the Lord says, now hear what I'm saying. The things you've been going through when you say, why, Lord? He has been forging you in the fire. He's preparing you for revival. And River Edge Church, you have been known for your hunger, for your encounters, for your love for the body of Christ and for each other. But there is coming a time where the Lord is forging you to be a plumb line in His kingdom. And you will be known not only as a church of encounter, a church full of the Holy Spirit, but you will be known as a church that is holding up a standard high, the plumb line of the Word and the Spirit together. And the Lord is requiring great steps of faith, corporately and individually. And not just steps. For some of you, the Lord is requiring great thoughts of faith first. Thoughts of faith. The Lord is requiring great words of faith. And then the Lord is requiring great steps of faith. And these steps of faith that come out of encounter, when you obey the small promptings, you are going to see that spearhead of revival being released into your city, into your region, into your workplaces, into your schools, into the streets, into your neighbourhoods, when you're doing your sports training, when you're at the workplace, when you're at the market, you are going to see revival be released. But it is going to take a different posture. And that posture at times is going to be one that is not comfortable. It's going to require a posture that is not always comfortable. This spearhead that I saw was large. It was weighty. And the weight is the glory of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. But that requires a strength to hold it, to pull it back and to release it. And so the Lord is requiring of us tonight to receive the word, the spearhead of revival. So Father, right now, would you stir our faith? Would you stir our faith beyond what it has been before? Father, we see in the spirit what you desire to do, Lord, in this community, in this city, in this region. Lord, and we declare that a spearhead of revival would be thrown from River Edge Church in such power and authority that it breaks through the barriers of the darkness in Jesus' name. Lord, that we would see breakthrough in individual lives, in households, in communities, in workplaces, in towns like never before, Father. And would this come because we change our posture before you, Lord? And so, Father, we posture our hearts to receive from you tonight to receive from you, Lord, but also to respond to you, to respond to you, Lord. Would you just respond in your hearts right now? Respond to him right now in your hearts. Verbalize, Lord, your response to faith, to revival, to being that spearhead. Would you verbalize 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we commit our time together. Father, would you have your way, your will and intention to be done, whatever that looks like tonight. Have your way, Father. Would you open our hearts? Holy Spirit, would you give us eyes to see and ears to hear? Hearts that are ready to receive. Father, we do all this for your glory. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Now you may be seated. I could make you stand up for the whole service, but I won't do that. Praise God. Well, it is good to be back. (laughs) It is good to be back. Who knows that when you're praying for nights of fire, you should be careful what you pray for. We have had fires, including literal fires. Can I say that? Be careful what you pray for. When you pray for patience, you better be ready for some situations that you required patience for. But we are just so excited at what God is doing. We are believing for the miraculous this weekend. I am believing that there is going to be breakthrough and restoration tonight. I am believing, I believe God's given me a word of restoration. Restoration. I'm going to speak on restoring the flow, but before I do that, I just actually feel to lean in a bit. The Lord was pointing me this direction this afternoon. And with that prophetic word that I had about the spearhead, um, and about being forged in the fire. When I, when I was praying through that, I really felt the Lord lead me to have a look at what happens in the forging process. Um, and I really felt there's a lot of things spiritually that have been happening here and in individual lives that have been misunderstood. And I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to just lean into this for a moment so that we can receive understanding. You see, we're never going to fully understand anywhere near it who our God is, as awesome, as wonderful, as majestic as we see him in our limited capacity, there is always going to be so much more. But there are times and seasons when the Lord says, I'm going to reveal this to you. I'm going to show this to you. And I feel like both corporately but individually, the Lord wants to reveal some things tonight that have been going on that people have misunderstood And sometimes when we're leaning in so much, see, I know you guys are a church which is so hungry for encounters. You are hungry for the Lord. You're hungry for the Word and the Spirit. And so when I first received this Word, I'm like, are you sure that's for the right church, God? (laughs) You have to understand, this is my first ministry trip in a bit over four months. Let's just say that since I was here and got COVID, I had all hell break loose in my life. So um, after a bit over four months of not ministering, the Lord says, yes, you're coming and yes, you're up first night. So when we say yes to God, we've got to say yes and be all in, boots and all. If we want to see that spearhead of revival, we've got to be all in, boots and all, even when it's not comfortable. You know, when something is forged in the fire, it's very different to silver and gold being purified in the fire. So if silver or gold is purified in the fire, it can be done in one process because all the dross, all the yucky stuff just comes up to the surface. It can be skimmed off. They can do it numerous different ways. But silver and gold can be purified in one hit. Steel 
when it is forged in the fire is very different. I'm not a sword maker. I had to look this up. So this is just the basics. Is, it, is there any sword makers here? Any metal smiths? Oh, good. If not, you can correct me later. Budding. I know there's a few budding jewellery makers here. When, when iron is forged for an instrument, for a tool, for a weapon, and we're talking about a weapon tonight, it has to be heated to a high temperature. Then it's beaten with a hammer on an anvil. I know. <laughs> is anyone already gone, yeah, I'm hearing you, Sally? Yes, thanks for the encouragement. And then they bevel the edges, so they're, you know, bashing out the sides of it. Oh, and then it's not hot enough now, so they stick it back in the fire. Then they heat, hit it some more, bevel it some more, cool it down a bit more, and repeat. Oh, and then do some sanding and stuff. Now, you're thinking that's probably it. It's not. Once the metal goes through that process, there's something that happens that they call quenching. And that is, once they've got the metal to the shape they desire, they have to quench it, which is heating it to a high temperature, and then they dip it in oil or water really quickly to cool it down. Now, I don't know anything like this except for jumping in a hot spa and then getting it, <laughs> getting out in either really cold Melbourne weather, or has anyone ever gotten into like a real hot spa and then jumped into a freezing plunge pool? Yep. Yeah, actually, so Steve, Steve in Russia did something called Bunya. How many degrees was that? 210 degrees Fahrenheit, which apparently was like walking into an oven and then you can only last in there a few minutes. And did they drop a bucket of cold water over you? And then, oh, and then into a freezing cold plunge pool. <laughs> so I think this is kind of the spiritual equivalent of what we're talking about here. But this quenching process, what it does is even though the metal is in the shape of a sword or a spearhead then, if it was used at that stage, the steel wouldn't actually be hard enough. And so this quenching process of being in the fire and then cooled off straight away has to be done a number of times. And it strengthens and hardens the sword. But something that happens then which, again, I didn't know about, but I feel like the Spirit of the Lord is speaking through this, and I feel like there's a number of people who have been going through this process and have misunderstood. They've been going through the hammering and the fire, and then they're like, I feel like I've just had a cold shower in the Spirit. What's going on, God? I've, you know, had this wonderful time of encounter in your presence, and I go home, and where are you, God? What's going on, God? Why is this happening, God? Am I speaking to anyone here? After that quenching process, which is interesting because, yes, quenching is to cool it down, but think about what we do to quench. We're thirsting. What do we do? When we come to encounter the Lord, we're wanting to quench our thirst through the Spirit. But the last process, they slowly reheat the sword, not to, just, not to such a high temperature anymore, but slowly reheat it. And it takes away all the brittleness and hardness that the stress has caused through that process. And I believe that the Lord wants to speak into some stress and brittleness that's been caused over the months of fire, of trial, 
of difficulties, of misunderstanding. And I believe he wants to restore the flow tonight. Restore the flow of living water. Can we open the word together, please? Let's turn to John chapter 7. And I'm reading from verse 37 to 38. John chapter 7, verse 37 to 38. Isn't God's word good? God is the word. God is the word. And the word speaks. Good. Come on now. Isn't it awesome when God downloads something and you can remember it forever after? I just love that when something sticks in your spirit. Okay, John chapter 7. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Jesus said, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within within them. And you probably know another scripture where Jesus talked about living water, which was when he was talking to the Samaritan woman at the well. And what we have to do is be careful when we read something like this, because it can sound like, okay, if you come to Jesus once and you're thirsty and you have a drink, you'll have living water that lasts for eternity. There is a difference between our salvation being a one-time process of eternal life and living water that sustains us that requires a thirst again and again and again. And sometimes when we go through difficulties, challenges, things that we don't even understand, like I have prayed for this God, why hasn't it happened or why did this crisis come about? We can start to get brittle in our hearts without realising it. We can start to get fatigued and weary at the amount of battles (laughs) we're coming across, at the amount of sheer volume of prayer requests that are coming into our phone or email. And I really believe the Lord wants to restore today, restore the flow of that living water. And this is not a, a word of you have to pick it up and do something better. There's a scripture that the Lord led led me to, and it's in Isaiah chapter 42 verse 3 and we're just going to read the first half of it Isaiah 42 verse 3 and it says this and this is talking this is Isaiah actually giving a prophetic word about the son of God about Jesus and it says a bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out now if you're hearing that and it sounds a bit King James-ish or you're like what the heck does that even mean (laughs) is anyone thinking that I'm like, what, what, what are you talking about? A bruised reed he will not break and a smouldering wick, ugh, I nearly mixed that up, a smouldering wick he will not snuff out. This is talking about Jesus, the Son of God in his power and might, but also as the good shepherd who says, when we have a heart for God and we are bruised and we're battered, we still love the Lord. He doesn't crush us. He doesn't come to push us to the side. He doesn't come to say, no, you haven't done good enough. 
He doesn't say, come on, why didn't, you, why didn't you experience me that time in your bedroom? He doesn't even say, why did you question me that time? He says, I understand that you are bruised. I understand that you're hurting, you're disappointed. Things haven't necessarily turned out the way you wanted. But he says, I don't crush you, I don't break you. And he says, a smouldering wick he will not snuff out. And this is speaking of an oil lamp. An oil lamp where the wick is in and it's smouldering. And some of you tonight might feel like you're smouldering a bit. And I just want to encourage you and say that's okay. There's no judgment. I think if you've been a Christian long enough, we go through times where we might feel like we've smouldered and sizzled out. I've felt like that at times. And if you haven't, you might get there. That's the word of encouragement for me. Just kidding. That was not the word of the Lord. (laughs) But let's face it, life can be difficult. Life can be challenging. And so when we are feeling like that, the Lord doesn't come to go, I'm going to extinguish you now. He does the exact opposite. Because that first scripture that talked about the livers, (laughs) the livers of ribbing water. Oh, dear. It has been a while, hasn't it? Livers of ribbing water. (laughs) Stop it, Adrian. (laughs) Ribbing, oh, ribbing water. <laughs> this is not supposed to be funny. Um, what was I up to? Yeah. <laughs> it's all right, we're family. Yes. Yes. We are, we are wanting joy. Yes, Lord. But when he talks about those rivers of living water, I can't even look over here now. <laughs> it's going to turn into a joy fest. If you look at the scripture straight after that, it's talking about the spirit. The Spirit. The Spirit is what brings the living water. The Spirit. It's not a striving. It's the Spirit. And do you know what? Sometimes we can be doing all the right things and putting the oil in. And sometimes just circumstances are meaning that wick is just getting a bit sizzled. We come up against spiritual battles, natural circumstances, a whole lot of stuff. But we also have to remember that there are things that the Lord is forging in us. And sometimes as a church, we contend with the Lord when he's trying to do things in us and realign us. And we kind of surrender to the enemy's whispers. Because when our wick is smouldering, when we're feeling a bit bruised and battered, that's when the enemy's whispers can start to sound a bit louder about our identity in Christ, about our calling, about our future, about whether there is a hope, about whether am I still always going to feel this kind of anxiety and difficulty and depression? Am I going to feel numb like this forever, God? And the Holy Spirit is here tonight. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is here to restore the rivers of living water. The rivers of living water that man cannot, man cannot give them. My words can't give them, but the Spirit of the living God can restore those rivers of living water. Psalm 34 verse 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. I believe tonight the Lord wants to bring us 
for those of us who've been struggling from a valley of weeping into a place of fertile springs. And this is not about everything coming together and every circumstance in your life suddenly being rosy. We do not preach a gospel of come to Christian and life will be rosy. In fact, Jesus says the opposite. Take up your cross and follow me. He lets us know that in this world there will be trouble. But be of good cheer. He has overcome the world. I believe the Spirit of the Lord is here to restore joy. Does anyone need joy tonight? Can we just be a bit honest? Does anyone need some more joy? More joy? Not like hype joy, but a deep joy. A deep joy that can't be affected by other things. And here's the way I believe it's going to happen. God wants to restore the joy of our salvation. The joy of our salvation. It sounds so simple, but it's actually so powerful. Because one of the things we find when we lose our joy and when we're struggling is we don't have joy anymore in the simple pleasure of his salvation. We don't delight in what he's done for us. Our focus becomes on what's happening around about us and our challenges and everything else. And he wants to restore the joy of our salvation. Isaiah chapter 12 verse 3 says, With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. If you've lost your joy... You need to dig the well again. Redig the wells of your joy of your salvation. The simplicity of salvation. If we never got anything else, if he never did anything else, if we never heard or saw or read anything else, that is enough. And if it's not enough, we have to dig the wells again. We have to get back to digging deeper. You know, Psalm 51 is a really well-known psalm. In fact, if you've been around church for long enough, you'll know the old song, starting creating me a clean heart. But he finishes it off by saying, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. He doesn't say, restore the things that I mucked up. He doesn't say restore and fix everything else. Will you fix this, God? What does he ask? He asks to restore the joy of his salvation. Why? Because he knows that when he has joy, at the most important thing, everything else flows from that. Everything else flows from that. Guard your heart because that's where everything flows from. The Lord just wants to restore tonight. Restore. Do you know what it means to restore? In the Hebrews, the word is said shub. It's a cool word, isn't it? Shub. <laughs> I think I'm pronouncing it right. If I'm not, someone can tell me later. It means to turn back, literally or figuratively. To come back again, to deliver, to recall, to recover, to repent, to set again, to rejoice or to weep. 
See, the Lord wants to recover our joy in his salvation. He wants to bring back into existence that joy that we once felt. He wants to bring us back to a place where our thirst is for him and we understand that that forging in the fire at times is painful, but that we trust him with the process. You know, I think the biggest thing for us as believers is walking through the process of that forging. I didn't minister for four, over four months um, because I was stuck at home. <laughs> I actually, for a number of years, I've struggled with very severe migraines and vertigo and the doctor's kind of like, oh, yeah, take a tablet, you're getting into your 40s and you're probably hormonal. So I'm like, okay, fair enough, <laughs> take a tablet. After we had COVID here, I had migraines and vertigo that were like nothing I had had before. I'm talking, I could not move. I could not drive. I could not even turn to look at someone next to me. I couldn't watch things on the television because the slightest movement would set off a migraine of immense proportions. My head felt like it was going to explode the whole time. So I literally did nothing, probably for a good three months. Nothing. And I was like, okay, God, what are you doing? Silence. Hello, God. Um, any, any prayer requests being answered today? Hello, hello, hello. All I heard was the echo of my own voice. Echo, 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 echo. And as I went through that process, I have to be honest and vulnerable with you. I had a period of about two weeks where I had a big moan at God. <laughs> I hope that makes you feel better. None of, none of you are as unspiritual as me, of course. But I'm like, come on, God, this is ridiculous. Is this the rest of my life? What's going on here? I can't hear you. Hello, where are you? You know, I don't have to be fully healed, but could I function for a day? Like, I can't cook, I can't email, I can't do anything. I was literally useless. And through that process, and I'm explaining this for a purpose, not so you feel sorry for me, because I don't like people feeling sorry for me. Oh, right. Just wait while I kick the pastor. No, shh, take that off the recording. The reason I'm telling you this is, is for a point. Through that process, not my doctors, I went to three different doctors, they all just told me to take a tablet and there was nothing wrong with me. I knew there was something wrong with me. A friend eventually said, look, I've got a friend of a friend who went through the same thing and their C1 and C2, top of the vertebrae, was badly out of alignment and I'm like well surely someone would have said that because I've been to osteos physios etc in the last few years with other problems no one had ever suggested anything like that no one had suggested to take an x-ray went to the chiropractor that they suggested anyway it turns out my c1 and c2 was so badly out of alignment that it was twisting on my brain stem and causing my cerebrospinal fluid to pull up in my head hence the I couldn't do anything couldn't move etc the point of all this is, when we're going through spiritual alignment, we have to surrender to the process. I had to lie on the chiropractor's table, and he warned me, he's like, yeah, this is not going to be pretty. Because it's so far out of alignment, this is not going to be pretty, you're going to have to come back to me um, twice a week for the first four weeks, and regularly thereafter, and we'll see how you go. And no promises, because it's bad. I had to surrender on the table to alignment that I knew was going to be painful. 
And I believe the Lord is trying to speak to us to say sometimes we are contending against the wrong things. Sometimes when the Lord is asking us to surrender to him, we are contending against what he wants to do in our lives and allowing the enemy to have free reign instead. Because surrender is a difficult process when we know it's going to cause pain. It's all very good to kneel in worship and raise our hands. I surrender all, Lord. We're having an encounter with you. Everything feels great. What happens when you're asked to surrender and you know it's going to cost you? In money, in time, in relationships. Surrender can be painful. And here's what I want to say to you. And I believe this is the word of the Lord for you as individuals but also for the church. When the Lord is bringing realignment, we must never presume it is a one-time process. Spiritual realignment is not a one-time process. <laughs> Praise the Hallelujah. Am I encouraging? I always intend to be encouraging, don't I? <laughs> Sorry. Spiritual, we need, to re, we need to understand and have a revelation of what spiritual realignment is. And it is not a one-time process. And it is a forging in the fire that at times is going to be painful. But the more we surrender to God's process, it's also important at the same time to contend against what the enemy is doing. Because the enemy will often step up when the fire of forging is going on at the same time and we get confused about which is which. Hence, we start listening to the lies and the whispers of the enemy. We go, yeah, okay, God hasn't really called me to do anything. I don't think I can do that. That sounds a bit hard or that's ridiculous. God wouldn't actually ask me to do that. But I believe God wants to restore restore the living water, restore those things that have been bruised and battered, unmet expectations, disappointments, hurts that have happened, even the bruising that's happened from the fire of the forging that God's done. Some of you just need some healing so that when you pour the oil in, it's not just draining out. Because sometimes that's what happens. We're going, I'm pouring the oil in, God. I'm coming to church. I'm, I'm encountering you. I'm feeling your presence. And then I go home and it seems like it drains so quickly. And sometimes that's because we've got things that Father wants to heal so that there's no draining when we pour that oil in. And for others of us, and can I say this? Because when we talk about that smoldering wick, when you look at a candle or an oil lamp, it's not the wick that burns. It's the oil or the wax. Some of you are trying to burn your wick. And that's why it's going down so quickly. You know, our wick can be too long. We can be too busy. And so it's not close enough to the oil. And so we're just burning that out. And the other side can happen too. We can actually have a wick that's so close to the oil that it will continually smolder. We can have so many encounters with God but not be actually taking the steps of faith that God's asking us to do that we start smoldering. 
because we're so busy leaning into encounter and yet the Lord says, I want you to have those encounters, but out of that should result a step of faith, a risk that we take, praying for our neighbour. We should result in, yes, I feel something for the cash register, so I'm just going to go and say it. What's the worst that can happen? And when we don't do that continually, we start to smoulder. We're saying, God, why? I'm pouring the oil in. Yes, but he says, you've got to, you've got to walk it out. You've got to walk out the encounter that you're feeling inside you and take it and share it. That first scripture that we talked about, rivers of... Nearly did it again. (laughs) Note to self, don't speak on that scripture again. (laughs) What does it say? It will say that the rivers will overflow. You see a natural, supposed to be natural, result of us being in the rivers of living water is that they overflow to others. And if they don't, our wick will smolder. And so I want to pray for us to encounter the Lord in a different way tonight. Not just to encounter him for his goodness and glory. Yes, we're going to do that. But I want to believe for a restoration, for some healings, for the Lord to touch us in those places that sometimes we don't even talk about. Because there can be times and seasons where even in a church like this, even good people, even people who've been a part of the body of Christ for many years, we can be ashamed and go, I'm not even going to talk about this because it's not a big thing. But yeah, I'm feeling that smoldering week. How do I talk about it in this environment? Because everyone's encountering God and I'm here going, God, I can't get past what's going on in my mind right now. And so tonight is a night where we need to bring all that. Bring it all to the altar and ask his living water to restore that joy in a pure way. I'm going to ask, thank you, Lily. (laughs) Well, that was very good. I want to open up the altar in a moment. And when I do, I'm going to actually do something a bit different. Because when there's a wick that's smouldering, There's two ways that it can come back to life. One is a gentle breath. And I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do that tonight. Just bring a gentle breath of restoration to breathe on us. And to allow Him as the Spirit to speak. Just gently. And to heal those places that are hurt the other way when our wick is smouldering is that we bring another flame along to help bring it back into to light and sometimes we need someone to stand with us and pray but I believe even in this that the spirit of the Lord wants to do something new and different in some of you tonight There's some of you here that if you get prayed for, you'll always want someone else to pray for you or with you. And I believe God's going to just whisper, even now while I'm talking, and say, son, daughter, your healing's going to come when you rely totally on me. And for others of you who may be slightly independent, You might need to be vulnerable and ask for prayer. 
And can I just say again, I mean, you guys are just family. This is the house of God. Coming up for prayer does not mean your life is not together. Coming up for prayer simply means you're acknowledging that the Lord is prompting a response from you. It could be for anything. It could be the word that I shared at the start. It could be a hurt, an expectation, an unanswered prayer, something that you just know the Lord's touching. It could be something else. Sometimes when we speak, the Lord's speaking on something entirely different and you just know you need to respond. But I'm going to open up the altar and I'm going to ask for an actual physical response that if you feel the Lord prompting your heart that you need some healing or restoration, that you come forward. And we're actually going to do this differently because I really want to honour the the physical response, but I want to honour space for people to have their own space who are feeling the Lord prompt them to say, no, this is between you and the Lord. And so what we're going to do is the right-hand side, my left here, If you just want to come and be with the Lord and you can just spread out where you need to, you come on this side. And this is a side for you and the Lord to have your time. And if you really feel like you need someone to stand with you in prayer, then you come on this side, on the left. And someone will come and stand with you in prayer. But don't wait for them to come. Don't wait for them to come. The Lord will minister to you. I really want the worship team as well to be able to participate in this, but at the same time, I'd really love some just some singing and stuff. So, yeah, I'm actually going to ask Steve to jump up just on the keys so that Lily can participate if she wants to. And that goes for the sound guys and anyone doing anything else. If we have a meltdown or whatever, let's not bother about it. This is the house of the Lord and I feel like he just wants to bring us to a place of restoration. So we'll just make some space now. And I just invite you to come. Come just as you are. Come just as you are. Let's just allow the Holy Spirit to move. Would you come, Holy Spirit? Would you speak to us? Thank you, Father, that you are near. You're a good, good Father. You know our hearts. see the things which have caused us to feel bruised. You see those moments that we haven't understood. And Father, we ask that you would pour out your spirit. Pour out your living water, Lord. Restore unto us the joy of our salvation in a way like we've never known before. Don't just bring us back to what was before, Lord, but bring us to a greater revelation and understanding of you. A first love that is never taken away. Oh, Father, pour out your spirit. 
Pour out your spirit. Pour out your spirit, Lord. Jesus, Jesus. Holy Ghost, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, Jesus. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.